All right. Thank you again, Pastor, for allowing me to, to be here today and you folks for coming back. I know you just ate. And uh, usually that's nap time right about now for me. So I'll try to make it another 25 minutes before I take my nap, all right? Uh, but anyway, um, I know looking around that you are very involved in missions, and, and that is good. But I want to just reemphasize something about missions today, and it might be the emphasis of where missions begins. Where does missions begin? And that's going to be found, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, and Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Charles Swindoll said, whatever we do, we must not treat great, the Great Commission like it is the Great Suggestion. Hudson Taylor, great missionary, said, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered, it is a command to be obeyed. Oswald Smith said the church that does not evangelize will fossilize. The church that does not evangelize will fossilize. So that brings us back to where does missions begin? We'll talk about that. Now, not everyone is called to the work of missions around the world. But we're all called to the work of missions. It's not something just for people like Cindy and I, others that come through, those that you support. That is not the complete picture of missions. That is only a portion of it. It's a part of it. But you may not be called to go to far mission field. You may be called to be one that stays at home and sends missions, missionaries. We have to have those. Amen. You need us to fulfill the Great Commission, and we need you to fulfill the Great Commission. It's a partnership. So you might be one that God speaks to and says, you know what? I just want you to do more for missions. I want you to, I want you to give more in your faith promise. I want you to do this because there is a work that needs to do, be done. The end of time is coming. We don't have a lot of time left. We need to get busy. Maybe that's your call. But don't leave out the possibility of foreign missions. The mission field, <clears throat> let me just say this. There is a great untapped source in the church for foreign missions. You want to guess what that is? It's us old people. It is. It's a great untapped source of laborers. I put myself in that category. You say, well, you don't look that old. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, my wife and I will be 69. <clears throat> All right? Coming up in October, we'll be 69. But, you know, we go into church after church where there are people our age. Guess what? We already got our social security we got our retirements 
And we've set ourselves in place to live the rest of our life doing what? If you were to come to me and say, hey, Brother Edwards, I'd like to spend six months on the mission field next year. Can I come and help? Well, I'd say, nah, we really don't need you folks. I would say, awesome. I would say, awesome. Come. We'll put you to work. We're an English-speaking country. You can teach Sunday school. You can work in junior church. We had a, a, a couple come over one time and just helped us build a whole new stage for the church that we were in, the building we were in. Spend time doing stuff like that. You see, when you do that and you come over, I didn't have to pay anything to have it done. There's a great untapped source here, folks, that you can just go and say three months, six months. I tell you what, December, January, February, and March is summertime. <coughs> Down there, get out of the cold. June, July, and August, when you're so hot here, we're in wintertime. We can go snow skiing. I'm just saying, don't, don't limit yourself to what God can do with you. All right? So, the Great Commission, where does it begin? Well, it begins in Jerusalem, right? What's our text say? Go to Matthew, chapter 28, and then we're going to look at Acts. I'll get you out of here in plenty of time. I'm a fast talker, as you can tell. Matthew 28, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Acts 1, 8. But you shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. We know Matthew 28 as what? The Great Commission. Now that was not in the original Greek, the term Great Commission. <laughs> he looked up at me and go, what? <laughs> no, the term Great Commission wasn't there. It is the Great Commission because we've coined that phrase, right? And justly so. But why do we call it the Great Commission? Well, two reasons I can think of right off the bat is one, it's the parting words of our Savior before he left. These are some of his final words to his people before he ascended back to the Father in Acts chapter 1-8. You don't waste words when you're leaving or you're dying. You speak that which is important to you. So when Jesus spoke those words, he was speaking, in my mind, the most important words he could have said to his followers. That makes it great. Think about, think about the, the results of the Great Commission. See, we're not talking about just a message that's going to change some people's lives. We're talking about a message that is going to determine eternity for people's life. Everlasting life. Heaven 
or hell. It's going to be one of those two places because we're all in the image of God created eternal. We are all going to live forever. But where? Where? Will you find yourself in heaven? Or will you find yourself being cast into the lake of fire? Well, that's, the, that's, the, that's what the Great Commission is about. Helping people come to know Christ. That makes it great. It's not just another story. It's the message of hope. When we look at the Great Commission, let me give you four, four thoughts. And if you take notes, it begins with, they all begin with the letter P. Makes it very simple. Simple-minded guy right here preaching to you. Makes it very simple. Four P's considering, concerning the Great Commission. One, I want you to consider the people. The people of the Great Commission. Now, Corey Ten Boom said, a person is either a missionary or a mission field. You're either a missionary or a mission field. Now, what was she saying? What she was saying is today sitting here, you're either, let's just use other words, you're either saved or lost. Okay? You're either a child of God or you're still a child of the devil. You're father of the devil. If you are saved, you are a missionary because you've been giving, given the Great Commission. If you are not saved today, you are a mission field. You're the ones we're trying to reach with the gospel. So, chances are most of you today are saved. But I never take that for granted when I stand before people. If you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior today, then you need to see your pastor or someone after service or even now. We always say, wait till the invitation. You don't know that you've got to the invitation. If you feel the convicting power of the Holy Spirit about salvation, you need to make that decision now. Amen. And it won't disrupt us if you come to the front or come to see the pastor. It won't. The people, now is the day of salvation. Today is the accepted time. So today, you're either a missionary or a mission field. Second P, let's think about the plan. Let's think about the plan. This was not just some secondary thought of God. This going out and reaching the world with the gospel began in the mind of God, actually, before the foundation of the world, because he decided then he was going to send his son. It was already determined. He knew we were going to fail in the garden. He didn't wake up that morning and say, oh, my goodness, what happened to Adam and Eve? Where'd they go? No, he knew. So before that time, there was a plan already put in place that he would send his son to pay for our sins. Nothing just happens with God. And this great commission is not an afterthought. It is the plan that God had. He could have used the stars to write out the gospel. He used the donkey in the Bible to present a message. He could have used anything he wanted. Well, Jesus could have just died, came back from resurrected, and just walked the earth the rest of his life and preached the gospel. But he said, no, I got to go. 
But I want the message to continue. So here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to send you just like the Father sent me. I am going to send you into the world to preach the gospel. That's the plan. And it starts in Jerusalem, Judea, and spreads to Samaria and the uttermost. In fact, if Jerusalem doesn't prosper, the uttermost doesn't get reached. Think about that. Think about that. If the American churches get to where they no longer can afford to give to missions, what are the missionaries going to do around the world? Trying to reach unreached people even. It's all going to fall apart if Jerusalem isn't strong. That's right here. Your church. Reaching your community. Building your church so that it can do more. People say, I pastored a long time. Well, I just, I just can't do any more for missions. I can't give any more. All right. If this group is tapped out, which I don't believe we would be, but if, if you are, what's the answer to that? Win people to Christ and build your church and teach them the tithe and give the missions. That solves that, so that, that solves that problem, doesn't it? Jerusalem has to be strong, folks. You've got to build your Jerusalem so that you can reach Samaria and into the uttermost. And that's our command. I, I have a little, little side deal here that's not, not biblical, but it's not, it's not unscriptural or anything. I believe America was blessed and bypassed Europe with blessings because America had the gospel in mind when it was established. But America has forgot that. And the blessings are disappearing. So God doesn't waste his money, his funds. And I believe you, you watched as the gospel moved around. Look at Europe today. When America ceases to be the lighthouse of the world and the gospel spreading agent of God, there is no reason for him to bless us anymore. Because it's not about us and how many cars or how many of our houses can be. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our priority. Now, that's just a little, you know, how we do sometimes, preachers. But pastoring for so many years, I've seen that. And I believe that if we get back to using what God gives us for the number one purpose of reaching the gospel and not building our assets, God will bless us individually, as a church, and as a nation. Now, let me go on. The plan starts here, spreads around the world. What about the power? What about the power? This was not an easy task. Now again, we have the whole book. We, we have the whole book. We, 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 get to, we got the advantage over those disciples that stood there and for three and a half years had given their entire life to the Lord and they watched him disappear. All right? 
Because the New Testament is not even written by that time. They know very little about what we know. Okay? But he told them, when he gave them that commission, he said, it's my words. I know it's going to be hard. In fact, he told us, I'm throwing you out like sheep before wolves. It's going to be tough. So here's what I want you to do. I've given you the command. I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait. Wait for what? Power. The Holy Spirit. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be witnesses for me. That's the power that we need to fulfill the Great Commission. Now, the disciples, those followers, they were told to go and wait. There's no waiting time for the believer today. The minute we believe and trust Christ and He comes into our life, the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells us. And with that comes the power of God so that we can do anything that God has commanded us to do. How unfair of a God to ask us to do something we can't do. But he's not unfair. He said, I want you to be witnesses. I want you to go into the world and preach the gospel, my message. I want you to tell them about my love for them. And I'm going to give you the power to do it. So we say, well, Kind of like I talk about Moses today. Well, I don't, I, I don't think I can. I, do you realize that for us to say we can't do something that God has called us to do, how much of an insult that is to God? It really is. Because God said, if I've called you, I will enable you. Never ask you to do anything that I won't do through you with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why he says, I'm going away. So today, we have the power to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost. We have the power. It's a little scary sometimes to witness to your neighbor. Uh, Yeah, it is scary sometimes. But you have the power. You have the ability to do it. Just step up. You say, I don't, know what I, I don't know what to say. You know what he told the disciples about that? He said, you're going to be delivered up. He said, don't even worry about what you're going to say because I'll give it to you in the time that you need it. Everybody had that happen? Anybody ever had that happen? I, where you get into a conversation with somebody and they ask you, oh my goodness, I, I don't know. And then it just comes to you. Some verse that I studied Ten years ago. Comes back to my mind. How did that happen? Just coincidence? No, it's the power of God. Do you know what it feels like when you realize that the power of God just flowed through you in that situation? It is awesome. And that's for all of us. Because he gives us the power. All right, let's finish with the last P. The promise. The promise of the Great Commission. What is it? Very simple. And lo, 
I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Not only did he say, I'm going to send you the power, he said, I'm going to go with you. How do missionaries, now grant, New Zealand's not a dangerous place to live. We have missionaries in some very dangerous places. How do they do that? Power of God and the promise of God. That's how they do it. But that's how you have to do it here. When it comes to living out your faith and sharing your testimony and witnessing, how do you do it? Scared. Okay, that's fine. In our weakness, he's made strong. So just do it. Step out and depend on God to give you the ability to do it. He will never leave you nor forsake you. American evangelist Bill Wright said, There's no higher calling or greater privilege known to man than being involved in helping fulfill the Great Commission. David Kim, he's pastor of Grace Ministries International, said, The Great Commission will not be fulfilled with our spare time or spare money. It has to become a priority in our lives. And I pray today that you will consider what God has for you in the work of the Great Commission. Maybe it's go to a field. Full-time missionary. Maybe it's go and, and just help. Do you know how many times... And it's not so bad in New Zealand. But when you're in, uh, absorbed in a field, you know how many times you just long to talk to an American? When we first got there, my wife in particular, these missionary wives, okay, they just long to talk to another American woman about America and life. That may be all you do. You come over and all you do is spend time with my wife. But that's part of work of missions. Consider what God would have you do. Maybe come see us. Visit one of your other missionaries. But be involved because it's the great commission. It's God's command to us. And we all have the ability to do it because we have the power of God within us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your call. You could have chosen any other way, but you allow us to be a part of your great work. And that is an honor and that is a privilege. And I thank you for that. May we be found faithful. And in that day, may we hear from you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. God bless these people. Encourage their hearts. Lord, build their work right here as you use them. Bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor.